0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 150. We're looking at John chapter 13, verses 21 through 30. This is the time of the Last Supper. And this, specifically today, is the betrayal by Judas. Let's read the passage together. John 13, verses 21 through 30. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. So he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus replied, is the one I give the piece of bread to after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you are doing, do quickly. None of those reclining at the table knew why he had said this to him. Since Judas kept the money bag, some thought that Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. After receiving the piece of bread, He immediately left, and it was night. Well, it begins in verse 21. It says, when Jesus had said this, Jesus has just said something about someone betraying him. He quoted from Psalm 41, verse 9, said the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. So he said this, and Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And testified, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Now Jesus is fully in control of things, yet he is still troubled in his spirit. He's still a person. He's not only God, he is a man, and he's troubled by this. He truly cares about his disciples, and he cares about Judas. And the fact that Judas is about to betray him is a hurtful thing. So he is troubled in his spirit. And he uses the, truly I tell you, the amen, amen, I say to you. So this is something important. One of you will betray me. Now, Jesus has not been so blatant about this. He's made some references to it. Uh, Back in verse 10, he said, one of you was unclean when he was washing the feet. And we just uh, referred to the, the quote from Psalm 41, where he talked about the raised heel. So he's made a couple of veiled references But here he specifically blatantly says, one of you will betray me. Now, when we read this, we know the whole story. And so we have to to really understand it. Try and put ourselves in this position. They still don't get the cross. They still don't understand that Jesus is going to die in the next few hours. And they don't understand any of this. So one of you will betray me as he's just talking about a lapse. Of, of some kind, not, not an active betrayal. So they don't understand the whole Judas thing yet. They don't understand the nature of it, the time frame, maybe he's saying, somewhere down the road, somewhere, somewhere someone of you guys is going to fail me. But it's still shocking news. So in verse 22, the disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. Well, this is the first time we see this description, the disciple whom Jesus loved. The best guess is he's speaking about himself here. He's speaking about John. And this is the gospel of John. So he doesn't name himself. He just refers to himself as the one Jesus loved. And we'll see that mentioned several times over the last few chapters here of the gospel. But... The arrangement here, the standard arrangement for this kind of event, would be a table, a square table, with pillows arranged around three sides. Maybe pillows, maybe some kind of low couch, but uh, easiest to picture it with pillows. One side of the table would be open for servants to, to bring things and replenish the, the things on the table. So along three sides of the table, were were pillows. Now the center side of the table is the place of, of honor and Jesus would be in the center of that row. So the way you arrange yourself at the table is you have your head toward the table, your feet away from the table, reclining either on the couch or on the floor with your left elbow on the pillow. So your head's near the table, leaning on the pillow on your left arm, and you're able to reach and grab the food with your right hand and eat. So everybody's arranged this way. So you're not really face-to-face. Kind of look at the back of the head of the person in front of you, and you can kind of see across the table a little bit. It's an odd arrangement, but it's the way they do it. So you've got Jesus in the center, and it says that the one that Jesus loved was reclining close beside Jesus. So he's next to Jesus. Then in verse 24, it says, Simon Peter motioned to him who find out who it was he was talking about. So Simon Peter can make eye contact with John and he's making some kind of strange motions with his hands. Just imagine if, if it was you trying to get John to get Jesus to say more, you know, he's waving his hands oddly or making eye rolls or who knows what. He's making some kind of motions uh, between him and John to figure out what's going on here. And then in verse 25 it says, so he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? So back to the seating arrangement. Jesus is in the center. John is next to him probably on Jesus' right side. So when it says that he leaned back against Jesus, so he's got his back to Jesus, he basically kind of rolls over onto his back. So now he is almost face-to-face with Jesus and asks Jesus, Lord, who is it? So we have that interaction. In verse 26, Jesus replied, he's the one I give the piece of bread to, after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, Simus Iscariot's son. So trying to think back to the seating arrangement, he's close enough to Judas that he can dip something in the bowl and give it directly to Judas. Best thinking here is that Judas is on the other side of Jesus. Judas is on the left of Jesus. That's actually the place of prominence, the place of honor. Jesus is in the center place of honor, but then the next position in honor would be to the immediate left of Jesus, or actually behind Jesus, in this leaning on your left side. So Judas is pretty much behind Jesus. He could stab Jesus in the back if he wanted. And What's going on here? Jesus says, he's the one I give the piece of bread to after I've dipped it. Now, has he said this only so that John can hear it? Because when John rolls over, you know how close they're actually sitting to each other, but John now and Jesus are almost face to face. They're the closest of anybody. And if Jesus says it quietly, maybe no one else hears it other than John. And then John rolls back, he doesn't see Jesus passed the bread to, to Judas. Most English translations say bread. The the actual word used here is little bit. So it could be most anything, and it's it's something. It could be meat, it could be bread, and who knows what they're actually dipping it in. It could be some kind of sauce, some kind of broth. In our mind, generally, we think of of some kind of soupiness in a bowl and a piece of bread that's being dipped in it. It might actually be meat and some kind of uh, sauce that's being dipped in. It could be some kind of herb. We we don't really know, but it's something. uh, and, And what it is actually isn't important. But John rolls over and asks Jesus, Who are you talking about? Jesus says quietly, He's the one I give the piece of bread to after I've dipped it. And then he dips the bread and gives it to Judas, who apparently is right there beside Jesus, on his left side. Now, depending on what you, your tradition is and what you've thought and been taught through your whole life, uh, some people think that Judas is somewhat innocent in this, and he's just a pawn of forces bigger than himself, and that. Actually, there's something magical about the piece of bread that Jesus gives him. And as he eats the bread, suddenly Satan enters into him. And uh, he had really not much to do with this. He's just going along for the ride. But if we throw that out, because that just doesn't make sense, we know Judas has already been tempted by Satan to betray Jesus. And if we think about this, Jesus is making a, a last offer to Judas. He gives Judas the place of prominence to sit beside him. And maybe that's because he is the treasurer. We were told later that he holds the money bag. Maybe it's Jesus' last act of love toward him to put him in this place of prominence and then offer him a piece of bread because the eating of bread together is an intimate act. And he's making a last appeal, a last act of love toward Judas But it's at this point that Judas actually makes up his mind to betray Jesus. So verse 27, after Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you're doing, do quickly. So we know Judas is close to Jesus. And and what makes the best sense here is uh, Jesus is in the center position john is on his immediate right with his back to jesus except when he rolls over to talk to jesus judas is behind jesus facing jesus and jesus passes this morsel of bread that he dips in and actually gives the bread to judas and it's that point that judas makes up his mind i'm betraying jesus and it says satan entered him so it's not that satan takes over his body he takes over his mind He has actively giving himself over to Satan to betray Jesus. So Jesus says, what you're doing, do quickly. Verse 28, none of those reclining at the table knew why he said this to him. Since Judas kept the money bag, some thought that Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. After receiving the piece of bread, he immediately left, and it was night. So nobody understands what's going on. We don't know who heard, who saw, anything going on. Nobody thinks Jesus is about to be crucified. But Judas immediately leaves. And then this last phrase in verse 30, and it was night. This is some of the the dual meaning. Yes, it was night. It was after dark. It was nighttime. But Judas had given himself over to the darkness. So it's Judas leaving, going out into the darkness. It's just part of this imagery that John uses. So here at the Last Supper, we have this betrayal of Jesus taking place by Judas. We have uh, identification now of of John as the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And Jesus making this last offer of a relationship, last offer of friendship, last offer of intimacy before Judas decides to betray him. So Judas is not just a pawn in this. Judas, John paints Judas out as he's an evil man. He, his heart is hard. He is not just a, a misguided soul. He's evil, and he is in the dark. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.